Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrance and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to tonight's Dash. Uh, we have myself, Dawn Wright to Bronx, with my co-host Peter Mingles. Peter's here. And Edward Ozaska. Is it Ozaska or Ozaski? No, it's Ozaski. Just like okay. going downhill. <laughs> It's a pleasure to meet you tonight, and um, I was I was just telling Ed before we popped on how exciting it is to meet a paranormal researcher, and uh, it's not every day that over here on the Dash we get to meet somebody who does what you do, Ed, so we're both really excited to meet you. Well, Don, Peter, uh, it's a pleasure to be on, and as far as uh, the, the researchers, uh, there's just not very many of us, to be honest with you. So, but uh, I, I'm happy to be on. Awesome, that's awesome. So, so you know, do us a little bit on how did hauntings research come into existence, Ed? Hauntings research came into existence so approximately, I'm going to say four and a half years ago. It's a team that's uh, comprised of uh, of highly experienced uh, personnel that are capable of providing help and information in areas such as uh, you know psychic phenomena hauntings poltergeist experience it's really an assemblage of a very very highly educated people highly dedicated um, and uh, they represent actually decades of occupational backgrounds in science research and analysis so it it's a group that um, is is very very dedicated to uh, to what they do, and uh, it's actually a pleasure for me to be associated with them. That's awesome. So, um, and and how did you actually become completely involved in the paranormal? I mean, did you have experiences as a kid? It, you know, this isn't something that everybody you know says I'm going to be a paranormal researcher. So, uh, how did you find out about this line of work? Well, actually, I was drafted into the paranormal. Uh, <laughs> my first experience was actually in the crib. Uh, I was approached by a shadow ghost, convinced to climb up to the top of the railing on uh, on the crib, and from which point I fell and cracked my head open. Uh, your listeners uh, might be interested in, in seeing. There is a picture of me on our web uh, site, hauntingsresearch.com of uh, my family, myself, at about two and a half, three years old, somewhere in that area. We're standing in the backyard of the house and and we are totally surrounded by ecto-swirls, ghosts, if you will. And uh, so this is something that uh, that goes back, uh, well, it goes back as far as I can remember. I have lived with it uh, from then uh, until modern day, until today. As a matter of fact, the house that my wife and I currently uh, live in is uh, very haunted as well. So it's something that I've lived with all my life. And the reason that I really got into it is because as a child I was very traumatized. I had no one that I could go to and explain what I was experiencing So as a result, I really had no one that could sit down with me and alleviate my fears and tell me what it is that I was dealing with and why I was dealing with it. So this is something that I've carried with me all my life, and I try to apply to my daily life now when I meet with people that are in a similar situation uh, it's something that I feel that is very important. It's something that uh, people need, and that is knowledge. That's uh, and, uh, understanding as to what they may be uh, experiencing. Because I, 
I know what it's like to go through that. I know what it's like to feel alone. And I don't feel that people need to go through that. I I have to agree with you. You know, back in the day um, when my kids were little, we moved into a house that had had ghosts. I mean, it was absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt haunted. And we had some really heavy-duty experiences going on. And, um, you know, the only person I knew to call was my, my pastor at the time. And it was a really intense experience. And there wasn't a whole lot of information out at the time. I mean, I don't even think the Internet existed when this happened. I mean, it was... No, I'm sure that it didn't exist. <laughs> AOL wasn't handing out its discs yet. So, you know, there was really very little out there for me to find out about. I mean, the Warrens did a lot of stuff in Connecticut. So, you know, we heard about them, and if you had some money and, and you were ready for them to come, you could call them. But that was all we knew. So, um, you know, what you do is is really an important thing if you're caught in a situation where um, you're surrounded um, and even if you're just curious, but especially if you're surrounded by by activity and and because uh, it could be really scary, really scary. It, 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 and that's a fact. I mean, my experience goes back. I'm afraid <laughs> into the uh, into the fifties. You know, the uh, the entire decade of the fifties. So uh, as bad as it uh, as bad as it was at the advent of the internet. It was uh, the Stone Ages back in the 50s. Right. Uh, and I grew up in a, uh, a very strict Catholic uh, household in which children were best seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. So consequently, uh, the the thought of sleeping up in my grandmother's attic for years uh, with a nightlight was absolutely out of the question and uh, I I literally spent years when we moved in with my grandmother in the attic uh, with the covers over my head every night listening to footsteps around the bed feeling things sitting down listening to the doors very close to me opening and closing hearing conversations Um, it it truly was a, a scene out of the sixth sense where uh, in the movie the the little boy uh did the exact same thing he isolated himself by pulling him pulling covers over his head hiding in a tent uh it's 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 self-preservation is what it is mhm absolutely so um you know, are you currently involved with any groups in your study and research right now? I mean, did you jump in with both feet back in the day and 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 find yourself uh, something something that uh, you could you could hang with? I mean, how did all this happen, and what are you doing now? As an undergraduate, uh, I actually was turned on uh, to to doing something. When I read the book, The Search for Bridie Murphy, which was uh, produced sometime, I think, in the late um, 50s, but uh, I got to it in in the uh, 60s, as I said, as an undergraduate. Uh, And the book, if if you're not familiar with it, is a uh, fascinating book about reincarnation. And for me, it helped to plug some holes because of the fact that it was dealing with uh, an interesting topic, and that is that there is something beyond life uh, in the body. So that's what really started me into my interest. I really moved on from there when I met Dr. Ian Stevenson at the University of Virginia. Dr. Stevenson is generally thought to be the pioneer of Western thought for reincarnation, and uh, has produced many, many, many professional papers uh, and some just fascinating books on the subject from a scientific point of view. So it's not something that uh, is is normally um, for sit-down, gee, this is great reading. He actually produced a book in 1974 which I would highly recommend. It it still is very pertinent today. It's called 20 Cases 
suggestive of reincarnation. Fascinating book, and uh, it's scientifically based, and it's one of the few books scientifically based that is very readable. Uh, from there, Dr. Stevenson actually got me involved with uh, Dr. J.B. Ryan at Duke University and his uh, laboratory experiments into uh, oh such uh, subjects as uh, ESP, uh, telekinesis, uh, telepathy, clairvoyance. <clears throat> so my background from that point of view was, uh, at that time, was very much into the study and the laboratory end of uh, of the search for some type of information that something exists outside of the body. Uh, now, to, to answer your question, actually, uh, I'm currently a member of the Rhine Research Center down at the campus of U uh, Duke University. I'm a member of the Sci uh, Society for Scientific Exploration, uh, the American Society of Psychical Research, which is the oldest psychical research organization in the, the United States. It was founded in 1885. Uh, the Association of Transcommunication and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, well, I've got to so, tell you, you know, that, that's, that's an awful lot of... Um of really strong credentials in what you do, and it seems like you've been doing it a long time. So when we get back, I know that, that you know, for myself and for other people who have ever experienced something like this, you know, this is some really fascinating stuff, and and uh, the backstory is where, where we love to be, and um, let's, uh, we'd love to hear more about all of what you do, and... Uh, and oh, and Peter's telling me I'm echoing, so I'm going to let Peter come back after this word from our sponsor. <laughs> Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business, and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level? For email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. Okay, and I think we're back, and I know that Dawn had a little bit of an echo, so Ed, I'm going to, if you will, take over. I, yikes, I don't even know where to start, so let me start somewhere in the middle or the beginning. I think paranormal experiences are a little bit like, wow, the, the first, if you will, the first time you did something. And I don't remember, I know you said a little bit about yours, but I was very much kind of like a, a disbeliever for a pretty good portion of my life. And the reason why I say this playfully is because I grew up in a small town. Well, not small town. I grew up in a town uh, that was next to the Amityville Horror House. And as a young man, we used to drive there late at night, somewhat inebriated most of the time. And we'd look at the window, and we didn't see a pig. So because we didn't see a pig, we imagined that their whole Amityville Horror thing was a hoax. And I was introduced to the paranormal thing through movies like The Omen and movies like The Exorcist and movies like Amityville Horror House. So with my level of disbelief, I kind of poo-pooed that as being just really scary movies that scared the bejeebus out of me that I would never admit to personally. And then I think something happened. We bought, uh, my mom was a garage sale person, and we bought a cuckoo clock. And bad things started to happen to us after we bought the cuckoo clock. And we pl 
playfully would say that the cuckoo clock was haunted, and then eventually some really bad things happened, and I was the one who got rid of the cuckoo clock in a very dramatic way. But is there, you know, what is the belief system that people go through this whole paranormal, if you will, issue or event? And do you find that it really is like, oh, wait a minute, Peter, if you don't believe it yet, just wait until something happens, and then you might be a believer? Or help me walk me through that. As I look at it, the the process involves uh, an experience as as a rule of uh, thought. While I like to think that there are people that uh, maintain an open mind and listen to people like myself present in as straightforward a manner as I can some type of scientific evidence which we have uh, collected, but I believe that uh, most people need proof. I believe that that people are normally either on the fence or a skeptic until something happens to them, to a loved one, to a very close friend, to somebody they trust, somebody they believe uh, actually uh, has an experience. At that point, I do not believe that people become instant believers. I believe that it does nothing more than raise their awareness so that suddenly I want to learn more about this, and they start listening. And the more uh, they dig into it, the more they find that, hey, there's really something to this, because there is a lot overwhelming evidence that's out there if people will take the time objectively look at it and then sit back and just think about it just think about it Um, and uh, as I tell people I am not a missionary my job in life is not to convert anyone to anything my job is to collect the evidence presented in a straightforward manner as I uh, can, and it's up to people then to take that information and do with it as they as they choose. So I hope that uh, people listening will, uh, if they have any type of curiosity, what I would suggest is to do some reading, talk to people that are uh, are have some type of credentials, somebody that's credible, do not get your information off of the television or in movies because that is not real world. That is not what's going on. That is, uh, for instance, the shows on TV, those are meant for entertainment. Those are meant to sell advertising time to make everybody rich on their end. It it is totally 180 degrees from what we do. So what is it you actually do? Let, let's just say that I have things flying off of my refrigerator and I'm being moved across my living room in a chair that doesn't move and things are really happening to me. And this was 20 years ago, but they're happening. And I call you. What happens? Well, there's a... There's a difference, and and I'm going to start off by doing a definition, if I may. What we do is research, okay? And what most people come to think of with the paranormal is investigation. Uh, I kind of defined investigation as just one aspect of research. Uh, To me, it's making a systematic exploration. Uh, examination, or it's in conducting some type of an official inquiry. Now, research, which is what we do, is a process of steps. And it's used to collect and analyze information uh, so that we can increase our understanding of a topic or issue. And for us, it consists of three steps. We pose a question, hypothesis. We collect data to answer that question. 
Now, when we're collecting the data, that's what most people think of. Uh, that's the when they see investigative teams, uh, paranormal teams. That is for us, that's just the second step in our research process. And the third step, which is by far the most time-intensive, the most difficult, is the uh, analysis and uh, trying to present some type of an answer to our original hypothesis that will make a difference into what is currently uh, the, the thought process for life after death phenomena. In other words, we're trying to influence current thought. Got it. Okay. So so just uh, help me understand. You go ahead and you gather all of this data. Where are you putting this information out for people who want to go ahead and, and look it up and, and see the research that you're doing? Where can they go ahead and, and dig into it and, and see what it is you're coming up with? Well, there's several methods. Uh, there There's information that I, I try to make available through some of the organizations. Uh, that I had mentioned previously, uh, as I mentioned, like the Rhine Research Center. But uh, we do put out information uh, from the research, the Hauntings Research Group itself. If people want to go to hauntingsresearch.com, and that's Hauntings with an S, uh, we do have a website in which we attempt to put forth um, things like you know, pictures, classic pictures. Uh, the classic pictures are interesting because those are pictures that have been taken, let's say, over the last hundred or so years, which scientists and experts and skeptics have thus far been unable to debunk. Uh, we also uh, have links to several other pages. Uh, on our website, uh, for one, we have a uh, video channel presence on YouTube where people can go and, and actually see some of the video that we have collected during our investigative stage. There's a, the, For instance, there's a very fascinating... <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> there's, a, <clears throat> there's a very fascinating um, segment of, of a... Um, hallway door which just closes on its own we we have a segment of a uh, in another video in which uh, a cell door uh, in a uh, jail which we were uh, uh, researching a cell door slammed uh, violently closed very very uh, odd And we are currently in the midst of a three-year research project at a location named uh, it's uh, Laurel and yeah Laurel Larimer Mansion. It's located outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in in a town North Huntington. It is a 223-year-old beautiful bed and breakfast. So people can stay there actually. but we are in the third year of researching this mansion because it is, from a paranormal point of view, one of the most active places that I've ever come across. It has a uh, a haunted painting, which uh, takes us back to um, takes us back to Peter's cuckoo, cuckoo clock. clock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, since October of last year, that that painting, on uh, nine different occasions, has changed the people that are in the painting. No. Yes. Nine different times we have on film, we have uh, uh, bodies, faces that are not indigenous to the painting. 
Uh, we have ruled out such things as uh, as reflections. We've ruled out scratches. We've ruled out imperfections in the painting. Uh, there, there's a picture that I just came across from our last investigation there where it shows the two of us literally almost our nose to the painting trying to find you know some type of imperfection that that might lead us in a direction so all of the, all of these things are available we try to make um not everything but we try to make things that we have cleared available for public scrutiny as i said on our website hauntingsresearch.com and uh, on our facebook too uh, hauntings research facebook uh so we do try to make these things available. We also send out a newsletter, by the way, which is available. People can sign up. It's free. We send it out by email. And uh, we uh, uh, listeners can, can sign up for the uh, free uh, um, publication uh, on our web book site. So uh, we try to put out as many sources as we can that have this information because uh, my purpose, as I said, is to make this information available to people. You know, when, when Ed is speaking, first of all, I hear his, um, his, some of his examples, and I feel like, Don, he can come over to my house because I might be the encyclopedia of paranormal activity. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think he should bring a camera crew right away. But I never, I never really was into this sort of stuff because, again, my my reference to Amityville Horror and we went and we saw the pig was not there, and you know you see all those types of things. And then, as I got a little bit older and maybe a little bit more influenced, and after the cuckoo clock thing, I'm telling you, I was a believer. I didn't understand, but I was definitely a believer. So we're going to go to a commercial break real quick, but just for Ed's purposes, or I'm just going to ask Ed a naive question. Can you? My wife always say that we're in St. Augustine, so she's like, "Well, don't go to the ghost tour because they come home with you." Is it possible that like the cuckoo clock came with the ghost? Like we got a deal on the cuckoo clock, but there needed to be full disclosure on the ghost. Is it possible? Yes, very, very much so. That's one of the problems with antiques, is that uh, you may be buying more than than what you actually uh, are aware of. Okay, so we're, we're going <laughs> to stop you there. We're going to spin our little records. A lot of people are going to be moving stuff to the curb as we see. I know. We'll, let's, we'll, <laughs> we'll come back we'll after be right this. Back. So Axel will give us some spinning of some records. Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now, back to the show. And welcome back. And we have our... Paranormal researcher, um, Ed here, and he's from Hauntings Research, talking about, well, the cool and the spooky, and uh, and I'm sitting on Hauntings Research Facebook page. We'll make sure that we get this out to our listeners, because there's some really interesting stuff on here. And let me just ask you a question, Ed. Why orbs? Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, I've been to some haunted hotels, I've taken the pictures, I've seen the orbs, and when there was nothing in front of us, I've taken pictures with orbs in them. Um, can you explain the orbs that people will see when they're looking at some of these pictures? Well, orbs is a very complex uh, subject, actually, and it's a very oh. controversial subject, uh, believe it or not. In Even in the uh, paranormal field, Orbs are um, 
a subject of uh, intense debate. There are there's one section of uh, of thought that orbs are nothing more than airborne pollutants. In other words, dust, dirt, pollen, insects, things like that. There's a, another uh, thought that orbs are nothing more than ghosts or spirits. Well, I'm in the middle. I do not believe that all orbs are airborne contaminants. I do not believe that all orbs are spiritual. But uh, to answer your question, an orb, by its own definition, is something spherical. It's it's a it's a three-dimensional round circle, and uh, it's if it is paranormal, it's comprised of energy, which is what, of course, uh, ghosts are uh, noted to be. Uh, it's pure energy, and for those people that are out there taking pictures that see orbs in their pictures, I will give you a couple tips. One is if you see a picture that has 15 orbs in it, that is not paranormal. That is normally, as I mentioned, air contaminants, dust, uh, some type of airborne particle that reflects the uh, light from the camera. If you see something in your picture that has a dark point in the middle, that's dust. If you see something that is uh, very, very bright, almost looks like it's producing its own energy, in all likelihood, that's paranormal. So um, they are normally considered to be the first step in what I might say is a build-up to a ghost or apparition stage. And the reason it's the first step is because by the laws of physics, the easiest shape for energy to assume is a sphere or orb. So that's why uh, for, a, for a ghost, if he wishes to communicate the easiest way energy-wise for him to show himself would be an orb. Gotcha. Cool. cool. Peter. Oh, I have a million questions. <laughs> so, all right, so you did this, you, you did clarify that you can bring them home with you. So for all those people that were thinking about it, you probably can. And, you know, we, we're in St. Augustine, or around St. Augustine, Florida, and, you know, they have the whole ghost tour and stuff like that. And that might be done for commercial reasons, and chances are because of the economy. But my wife would always say, oh, no, no, I'm not going on one of those because I might be bringing one home with me. I had a situation, I think, when you touched on the concept of things happening personally. I was, you know, I grew up, my, my wife is Puerto Rican. I grew up in this, this place in New York, and if you've ever been to a Puerto, now this is no slam on Puerto Ricans, but they have a tendency of being somewhat suspicious. So you go into the house, you see the mini shrine, the candles all over the place, you know, the rosary beads, and the typical and the stereotypical example of, oh, my gosh, you know, there's Harry. And he's coming back, and we're having dinner with Harry, and all the weirdness that sometimes happens. So I grew up like that, and I said, you know, this is kind of weird for me, so there's a certain level of disbelief. Then the cuckoo clock, and then a few people died. And recently for me, over the last two years, uh, my dad had passed away. Now, the freakiest thing happened. So I was in upstate New York. I was cutting a, a, a tree that my dad had asked me before he passed away to cut down. I was with my Uncle Frank. We both stopped. We looked over there, and I swear I saw something that looked like a black image whisk away, like, oh, shoot, he saw me, whisk away. And I said, did you see that, Uncle Frank? And he said, no. Well, a little bit later on that day, it was just freaky to me, and I get chills. I still don't know why I get chills every, t every time I tell or think of that story. But then what happened was I said to my mom, Mom, you know, the freakiest thing happened, and she said, oh, you saw the Quaker. That's not good. And I'm like, Ma, I'm 50 years old. Why haven't I heard about this Quaker thing? Because I was with my Aunt Gray. And she said, oh, no, not the Quaker. And I'm like, where have you people been? Why are you not telling me about the Quaker? 
and she's and I'm like, oh, she says, oh, that's not good. Somebody's going to die in a couple of weeks. Well, that somebody oh, no. happened to be my dad. Oh, and, no. And I cannot say the word Quaker without chills going up and down my body as if they are standing right here, right next to me. Mm-hmm. Am I going nuts? Do I need to see a shrink? Or are there things that whatever we're identifying as Quakers? Well, obviously you're not nuts. I mean, I'm assuming. I, I don't know you that right, well. Don't but, know me well <laughs> but, uh, but no, you, you're not crazy. Um, Ed, 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 I don't know if you are have some some audio coming through some some of your speakers, but if you could hit mute on your speakers, we have really bad echo. Well, if I hit mute on my on my phone, you won't hear me. Oh, okay. So you're not I talking to not... your computer speakers. Okay. No, no, no. I never do that just for that reason. No, no I problem. am on. Keep going. I am on a um, a. Uh, earphone uh, piece so uh, but to answer uh, answer your comment Peter that's an absolutely fascinating story and I wish I could tell you that it was it that it's uncommon but it really isn't uh, there are indicators uh, all the time that people see uh, it's reported by doctors nurses people in hospice that people that are in the throes of death will oftentimes report seeing um, spirits uh, of loved ones, uh, spirits that they really don't recognize but appear to be very, very loving. Uh, To get that kind of premonition is uh, is a very, very special thing. Uh, And I'm not sure that Many people will experience the premonition part of it, but uh, the the Quaker uh, story is, uh, I'd be very, very, very curious as to how that came about and um, who... My my mom's belief was something that she's always witnessed. She says, the Quaker shows up, it's like a guy, if I were to paint the picture in your mind, it was a black image of a man with a square hat, and... I saw him. I'm telling you, I saw him. And then he whisked away like, oh, shoot, he just saw me. So I kind of looked to the left, and then he dashed away. And then when I said to my mom, I said, Mom, the weirdest thing happened. And I don't believe in this. When I say I don't believe in this stuff, I found initially a disbelief before it happened so many times. And I said, Ma, and she said, oh, you saw the Quaker. And then, like, all the sisters, like, there's five sisters in the group. There's, like, all the sisters, oh, no, the Quaker, oh, no, the Quaker. I'm like, where have you people been? Like, what, is there a haunted witch? Are you guys doing some ceremonies that I don't know about? You're my mom. And, and she says, no, the Quaker, he always shows up when he's getting ready to take someone. And it's always a couple of weeks. And I remember that was the last time I saw, my dad was alive at the time. He had terminal cancer, and he died suddenly. And um, it was really kind of weird the way that happened. And everybody in my family knows about the Quaker, and now I do. So I don't know if it's a special right of privilege, if you will, as I'm joking around with that term. But I'm telling you, like, my mom would say, oh, no, here's another example, another example, another example. And that was really when I started to become more of a believer. And weird and freaky things happen. I mean, I could write in my own book, if you will. But I was a non-believer of the the paranormal stuff for a long time because of the... Uh, the um, how would you say the commercialism or the you know the goofiness if you will and then I started witnessing especially around my dad's passing and uh, between the cuckoo clock and the examples I just used before and maybe a couple of dozen I could probably share with you they're real situations for me I can't explain it but I'm all ears when you come to any explanations about those things because I'm a real believer what's interesting in listening to you you saw the 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 Quaker, and yet your first response is, um, that's not possible, I don't believe it. Well, that's that's a very common thing, and if you think about it, the reality is that that even though you're saying, I don't believe it, you do believe it, because otherwise you wouldn't be... Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't be talking about it. You wouldn't right. be saying it with such, such emphasis. Well, I saw it. I saw it. Well, you know, seeing is believing. Trust your instincts. 
our instincts are a very, very strong indicator as to things that really are going on, uh, that the subconscious mind really picks up on. And then when it's transferred, whatever the mechanics are, uh, then we try to dismiss it or believe it, um, you know, based on, on what our personal belief system is. But uh, for your listeners out there, you know, your instincts are very, very strong, and and everybody knows that. When that little voice says, uh, I, I know I saw something, well, you, you did. That's why it's telling you. Uh, so there's there's... At that point in time, there's no sense in just saying, I don't believe it, because you think that that's what other people want to hear. You know, it's not the truth. So um, in that situation, there are many, many, many people that try to deny what they've seen. And, uh, you know, you can do so, but you're doing yourself an injustice. So I have another scenario for you, and this is, again, related, related to my dad, because this was a lot of things that were happening. I had a leak. I had a shingle on my roof that must have blew out in a storm, and I had always procrastinated putting it up there. Number one, I have a really steep roof. Number one, number two, I'm afraid of the steep roof and falling, even though all my relatives are roofers, it feels like. And I kind of hesitated until somebody knocked on my door and says, you're going to lose your house insurance in Florida unless you fix that leak. And it wasn't even a leak, it was a shingle. So the day I was supposed to fix the shingle, a guy knocks on my door, and he was looking for someone that wasn't me. And I said, well, what do you do? And he says, well, I fix, I'm fixing this guy's roof. And it was almost as if my dad had sent this guy Literally, I was putting on my sneakers to go fix my roof, and I bought one shingle to put up there, and his name was George, which happened to be my dad's middle name. So does, so here's my, you know, it could be coincidence, could be whatever. But do the spirits sometimes work in mysterious and either direct or indirect ways to sometimes guide our lives? Most definitely. There's a very famous story that I tell that uh, was actually told by Paul McCartney of uh, Beatle fame. Paul McCartney, as he tells it, was going through a very, very difficult time in his life. And uh, one night as he was sleeping, sound asleep, he had a dream. And in the dream, his mother came to him. And in the dream, she was very nurturing, very soothing, trying to alleviate his uh, discomfort and as he says the only thing that he could he can remember about the dream is that his mother kept repeating the phrase you know paul just let it be you know just just let it be now i think everybody is probably two steps ahead of me at the end of this story but uh, Paul McCartney, when he awoke, was so moved by uh, the the strength of that dream, the, the the realism of that dream, that he wrote the song "Let It Be." And uh, if you listen to the song, it's a very spiritual song. Uh, Mother Mary comes to me bringing words of wisdom. Let it be, and. Uh, his mother's name was Mary. She had been dead for 10 years. So do spirits have a way of interacting with us and uh, and uh, trying to help us get through this life? Most definitely. Excellent. Well, thank you for the answer. I think we're going to spin some records. We'll come back for our next segment. Are you in a run about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. 
To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to The Dash. And uh, this has been a super fun and exciting show with um, Oz from Hauntings Research. And uh, it's, it's a really, really exciting thing to be able to meet somebody who touches every single day with things that most of us only only dabble um, our our imaginations in. And um, for those of us who have lost somebody and have felt their presence or have who have been in the, an intimate experience with the paranormal or the deceased or people who have passed on, you know, it's something that we're completely sure of. And then there's a lot of skeptics out there in the fringes who maybe have never experienced it or who, who are in denial of their, of their own experiences. So it really is a pleasure to meet somebody who who actually has made it their their everyday business and um you know we we talk about entrepreneurism and we talk about everything in between um the moment we are born and the moment that we die and this is a little bit maybe after <laughs> not necessarily in between peter but it's definitely part of the dash for sure so thank you so much ed for sharing everything with us um can you give everybody while we have this moment uh, a place that they can come and check you out what is your website the website is hauntings research now that's hauntings with an s hauntingsresearch.com and uh, on on that website as i mentioned uh various pages of, of interest i hope uh one of which has uh pictures that hauntings research has taken during some of their investigations one is uh, some just absolutely great uh, classic ghost photos, which I mentioned earlier have not been able to be debunked. Uh, there is also a page for signing up for our uh, newsletter, which is free. It's delivered uh, uh, by email. And uh, as a matter of fact, I am getting ready to send one out. I'm just finishing it up probably within the next uh, week. So... Uh, you may sign up for that, and there's also a page in which people can send us uh, questions, letters, pictures. Um, we're more than glad to take a look at pictures that people may have and want opinions on. The other source would be the uh, Facebook site that I mentioned. Oh, I'll go back to the website. On the website, we have one page that has exclusively listed the links, all the links of different uh, locations, uh, presence uh, on the Internet. So you can certainly go there and just click on to, to any place that we have a presence. Very cool. Thank you. All right, Peter. We have a couple more minutes, so so I I know that you're enjoying this. Do you want to take over? Do you want oh. me to go ahead and go ahead? I don't want to I don't want to get in the way. You're enjoying. Oh no, I'm fasc- I'm fascinated with the subject. I'm an absolute flat out believer, although logically sometimes some of the stuff doesn't make any sense. But let's talk about this whole spiritual thing, because after you know my dad passed away and I had some of those experiences personally, I was certainly more aware to the inevitable things that might be around. And it seems like if there's good spirits, maybe there's bad spirits as well. So talk to us about, like, the balance, or are there good and they're bad, and how do they show up, or when do they show up, or are they there all the time? Do they come and go? Do they visit and then maybe go somewhere else? Sometimes if I don't see from my dad, remember, he's passed away. I just figure that, oh, he's he's spending time with my sister because she really needs his help, as opposed to, you know, hey, I'll see my dad every once in a while in something. And it's inevitable. And I don't think I'm crazy. I don't think I'm wacky. I don't think I'm hopeful thinking. There's a sign that, okay, Dad, I know you're there one way or another. So do they come and go or are they good and bad? Well, Peter, there's about 12 answers to 12 questions. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, as, as we live life in the universe, obviously the, the rules of uh, physics apply. And if you notice, everything in life has a a dual nature. Everything's in twos. Uh, 
you know, up, down, left, right, uh, left hand, right hand, left eye, right eye. Uh, everything is in duels. And the same applies to our nature, our makeup. We have uh, the spiritual or the soul, and we have the the body or the material. And as uh, we we reach that point where we pass on into the uh, next next existence, the the spirit and the body just part ways. The body goes back into the uh, into the soil. But the spirit lives on. Spirit is energy. And as we know from quantum physics, energy cannot be uh, created nor destroyed. So it has to be somewhere. And what it is, is that that spirit, our consciousness, which contains our entire essence of who we are, our thoughts, our dreams, our our uh, loves, uh, our hates, I mean everything, our emotions, go with us in that consciousness. And uh, the, the the point of the fact is that, uh, that that's one of the reasons that we try to strive to be as good as we are in, in life. Um, you know, religion to the side, it, it's a matter of acquiring the greatest degree of spirituality that we can. Is there good and bad? Of course there is. As I mentioned, there's duality. If you believe in God, it's pretty hard to deny the the existence of something uh, comparable that is very evil. If you believe in angels, it's very difficult to make a case that um, demons don't exist. I've never seen them. I've never had experiences with them. But... um, I've got to believe that they exist. So good and bad, yes, that's a duality. And uh, are there people that once they've passed are bad spirits or bad ghosts that we interact with? Yes, of course. But they are by far in the minority, by far. So when we look at a, a haunting, a haunting that's been certified, that uh, a true haunting, 90% of the time, is very benign. It's it's non-threatening. It's something that uh, if if it doesn't freak you out, it's something that you can live with. As I mentioned, I live in a haunted house. We coexist. They don't bother me. I don't bother them. We just go on our ways. Every now and then, we kind of bump bump into each other. You know, they may do something that I notice. Uh, but uh, for the most part, it's very benign. So to answer the one of your questions, yes, uh, there are good ghosts, there are bad ghosts, but 90% of them are good. Perfect. And they, do they come and go? How do they pick where they want to show up, or can they be in multiple places at the same time? <clears throat> well, to to answer that question, you might ask yourself, why did you choose to uh, be in the location you are right now? It's, uh, it, it's freedom of choice, and it, that does not disappear when we die. Uh, we, we still maintain our will. You can go wherever you want. You can be there for whatever you want. And the reasons are as diverse as stars in the universe. Uh, it can be for any personal reason. So uh, it, it could be something where uh, a a soul passes on unexpectedly. Let's say uh, an individual is killed in an automobile crash, and it happens so suddenly that they're not aware or they, they don't accept that they have passed on. In those situations, because of the... Uh, of the frustration and the fear, they may go back to where they are most comfortable, where they're most familiar, and stay there, waiting for something to happen, waiting for, you know, some direction. Uh, that's that's a very strong possibility. Some people, because of their religious upbringings, when they pass, are afraid to go through the light, as they call it, because they're afraid that if they do, they're going to go to hell. 
So uh, they stay around. They stay in places where they feel comfortable, where they're still in control. Interesting stories. So in reference to the, the research that you do, and I know you have the newsletters and the books, I want to wrap up so anybody that might have been joining us and may have grabbed a pen and paper, they would find you. I know this might be somewhat repetitious, but I know that they would go to the website hauntings, with an S, research.com, and you have a newsletter that you'd be able to sign up for, and you have another one coming out. Do you ever do, like, like for lack of a better expression, shows? Uh, I remember one time, I just don't remember the gentleman's name. Uh, my wife brought me with my daughter because they saw I just had to see it. The gentleman who talks to dead people. I forget his name. Um, James Van Praw. That's him, I think, I, I guess. But are there such things, like, what do you think about those things? Like, can you really kind of, like, turn on a switch and then talk to dead people? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, Am am I totally sure of it? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Uh, There's not a lot of of scientific proof to it, but there is some. And if there is some, then that means that it's possible. There was actually a show that uh, people may be familiar with. Uh, they may remember The Ghost Whisperer, uh, which was very popular on TV. And that was actually based on, on uh, in great deal on a woman by the name of Marianne Winkowski, who uh, was actually one of the, uh, I believe, producers of the show. And uh, in it, she claims in her entire life that she grew up seeing and talking to uh, earthbound ghosts. So I believe that it is possible. I believe that it probably does exist. Uh, I don't know of anybody close to me that I can point out. But, yeah, uh, I believe it. And uh, the other part of your question, do we uh, we don't do shows per se. We do appearances where we, uh, we put on seminars, we put on educational uh, uh, forums, uh, last summer, uh, for instance, I was asked to do an appearance at Georgetown University, but unfortunately, uh, health prevented me from from going. So um, we do have uh, things that we can put on, and I would uh, encourage your listeners, if they are part of any kind of organization or uh, or such, that would like to to have uh, access you know either to myself or some of the work we do you know there is a, a way to access us by our website you know please do so fascinating subject so don i don't know if you have any other questions for ed but this has been totally enjoyable thanks for the confirmation thanks for the conversation certainly and hopefully that uh, maybe anybody that might have been listening in might have heard some things that might have been confirming for them as well so make sure you no, I don't have any more questions. I just really appreciate your time, Ed, and uh, and for all of you out there listening, thanks so much for joining us every single day that you do on the Dash because we truly appreciate you being here and for sharing the word and, and getting the shows out there to everybody and, and following everything we're doing because it's been a lot of fun and we, we enjoy doing it. So thank you all for coming. Tomorrow night is Mr. Bob Adams, and we have we have another guest, and I can't read from here who it is, but they'll be here. So tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, be here, same time, same bat channel. See you then. Bye, everybody. You're welcome. Good night. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows that happen every Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.